Hey, music lovers, the Cannamom Show podcast in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at lampkinguitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N-Guitars.com What's up, everyone? It is 2 p.m. on a Wednesday afternoon, which means you're tuning in for Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Uh, let's just get right into the news summary. Hey, Tom and Miggy, what's going on? What's up? How's it going, Lauren? How's Chicago? Good. Yeah, it's a little cloudy. It looks green over there, though. Yeah, there. it's quite green over there. I tell you, that's one of the things about legalization news, cannabis legalization news, celebrating 6,000 subscribers. So thank you so much, everybody, for doing that. And this one's for you. Well. There we go. I do like that. It's 420 somewhere bumper, you know? It just looks like a... Oh, wait, it's already gone. One of the things about uh, vapes, uh, they're vapes. They aren't smokes. <laughs> you vaping? Are you, are you a vape nation today? Uh, well, uh, one of my buddies brought over some fresh squeezed um, rosin. And oh. so it's just so delicious. And uh, it's one of the nice things about being in a medical state where you're allowed to grow your own medicine. And then uh, the rosin press is the most, you know, uh, accessible extractor for, well, I, I just did a thing on a magic butter machine to make some tincture. That one's also really, really accessible. But then the rosin press, just the flavor that you get from it, you know, the terps, oh, those God, types man. of profiles, it's just hard to compete with, you know. The, did your friend make his own press or did he buy one? Oh, I think he, I think he, well, I don't know about that. I'm assuming it's one of the, one of the commercial ones that you can buy because they have one, they're a couple thousand bucks, you know? Well, mm -hmm. I think they get cheaper than that. I don't know. I've never tried to buy a, a rosin press. I don't, I don't even have a basement, you know? Well, you don't, they don't have to be big. And and the thing is about the, the presses is I have seen where you can make homemade ones, but if you do go out and buy one, like the low end one, I think it's about five or $600, but do your research. Cause I've seen, uh, yeah, there's there's definitely products out there that are cheap and known to break on you right away. And right. it's not complicated. Just like when dabbing first became uh, a thing out here in Washington, everybody was telling me how to make my own email. I'm good. You're I'm good. so good. I don't need to make my own email. Like I, I know how I can do all that stuff, but you know what? I want to buy my toy, and I want to use it right away. And I want that's to right. be able to take one it of the back. reasons why I like to grow weed, because it's like a toy. It's like a hobby. It's like, oh, that's so cool. Look. The buds are coming in. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and it is a lot of fun. But uh, the cannabis legalization news in Illinois, it's kind of bullshit. 
It appears like the scores are all over the map. And the thing was, and this is something that I didn't drill into my clients' heads well enough at the beginning. It's not going to make any sense and you're probably going to have to file a lawsuit. You know? What? So what's up with the, uh, the article? Remember I shared with you today? Did you see it where uh, one of the people... Oh, yeah. The Sun Times are finally picking that up. And that's, you know, the grown in. We had Brad Spearson on the, the show earlier. And so like it's he's one of the journalists behind grown in. And so they reported on that a while ago. And that was actually in the case that's been filed in uh, federal court, which I'm not sure if venue is appropriate there. But um, uh, evidently, yes. So one of the winners was an employee. I'm not sure at what capacity for the company that was scoring the applications. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah, not really. Not really is true. Hey, I, I just wanted to give everybody a quick peek at this live event. Uh, I mean, this virtual event that I talked about the other day. Uh, I'll, I'll do a video later, but I just want to highlight that the the Last Prisoner Project has a booth there, and so does it's, the, uh, it's the future. Like, I I could sign up for the collateral base for this, or like, you know. It, I, I would sign up for cannabis legalization news, but cannabis legalization news makes no money. It's it's marketing for my law firm, collateral base. Now yeah. uh, we could also, in theory, have a booth at that, and then you know trying to report. But like the before COVID, this was the cannabis industry. The cannabis industry was a roving cattle cave of a trade show, and you're just not allowed to have trade shows no more because. This is Illinois. You're not allowed to have 50 people in a room. And so I'm not sure what your room requirement is over in uh, Washington, but uh, you just can't have a trade show with 50 people. But the online trade shows where they're going. And so that's that's kind of cool. But do I really want to pay five hundred dollars for my law firm to be there? Maybe well, it's about the eyes. You know, I, I've heard the same complaints about real events too, like Canacon. You know, uh, they say they're over. Uh, inflated and honestly, they are. If you're just the guy who wants to grow some weed in your closet, yeah, but, but most of the guys that are trying to get in the industry aren't guys that are trying to grow weed in their closet. I mean, they're guys that have grown weed in their closet, but now they want to make it legitimate, you know, yeah, one of those types of things. And so, uh, but that's that's one of the aspects of the cannabis news that we didn't appreciate enough. Don't forget to FOIA your uh, FOIA request your scores because a lot of people still haven't gotten scores, and so this is. Uh, what I've been doing for the past week, ever since the um, uh, application scores dropped last Thursday, I created this course, How to Appeal Your Cannabis License Denial. And so I've just been filming the um, uh, the lessons because the lessons have already been done and I've already put them in there. And I've drafted the lawsuit. To, there's actually two of them. Uh, and then give you guys more steps on as to where you can go afterwards. And then the first 10, I'm only going to charge 500 bucks to four. I mean, it's it's like the full lawsuit, but... This is going to be expensive. And so like the problem is like now in the in the front end for next round, I'll be like, tell you what, sign up with us. And then uh, I'll just throw in the how to appeal your score, because even though I'm going to show you how to get a perfect score, you still might not get a perfect score. Dude, I, you know, your position in the cannabis as, a, as a, the lawyer, the business lawyer, perceptive part of it is an essential part of the industry. What's going to be right contracts and whatnot. And, and also. The reason why your necessity is so necessary, little necessary, is because people don't like paperwork. People hate paperwork, but then the other thing is people also um, they don't like to pay you for your time, and so uh, it's it's this never-ending struggle uh, about making sure that you charge enough so like I can keep the lights on and you know, feed my daughter and all that stuff, and then also kind of grow the business, you know, and then but still help the plant and the people that are trying to get into the industry. 
Uh, and so it's uh, it's an interesting method that I'm going to hopefully pivot toward more in the future because like for next for the because if it's if it's the how to appeal like how to win and then how to appeal I mean it would be a whole uh, lesson of that and I you know how do you get your your scores uh, there's an email out there and so like FOIA request your scores if you applied at fpr.foia at illinois.gov and then if you want the full Megillah go ahead and sign up the first 10, only 500 bucks. And you're going to be walking away with uh, what the lawsuit looks like, how much it'll cost, where you have to sue, what theories you have to sue, uh, what a TRO is, the whole stuff. Nice. I guess, man, but it's just what it comes to. And then uh, let's see here. What else is going on in your neck of the woods? Share us the story. Oh, I got lots of hate and anger for the Navy. (laughs) <laughs> Why do you have hate? Oh, is this because you? That where did the Navy touch you, uh, Miggy? Because I remember that you you were a seaman. Well, they touched, they touched me for ten years all over. It was horrible, uh, and I loved it at the same time. But uh, you know, he, the Navy's doubled down on the shampoo, the hemp shampoo and lotions for sailors, which is ridiculous. But I just want to give a little breakdown. Um, you know, there's so much going on right now. Uh, three years prior to when zero uh, tolerance happened is when. Um, uh, the the Paraguay, Paraguay uh, incident happened. You remember that with the defoliant? when the in in Mexico is that like the defoliant Paraguay? Yeah, yeah. Where 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 they were gonna uh, try and stop Mexico's uh, you know uh, uh, drug trade, and uh, uh, instead they ended up poisoning Americans, you know, through bad cannabis. Well, three years after that, there was a uh, an accident. Uh, May 26, 1981, on board the USS Nimitz. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because when the Paraguay happened, incident, and up until this aircraft uh, incident on the Nimitz, High Times was sold on bases. Really? Right? Yeah, yeah. High Times was sold. I was on the uh, USS Constitution um, on the last days before it went away. And uh, there were still no smoking signs in the birthing. Like at the time when I was in, you couldn't smoke anything in the birthing. But a lot of the old heads, you know, they're like, yeah, you know, we pull into Australia. We pull into wherever. We come back with lots of weed and drugs. But um, zero tolerance didn't happen until after this incident uh, on a carrier where uh, a jet crashed into uh, an EA-6B crashed into a bunch of jets on the on the flight deck. Um, 14 were killed, 48 injured. Uh and it, out of that 14 killed, six of them had marijuana in the system. And so that's kind of how marijuana became this demonized, just no in the Navy, zero tolerance. The The accident itself was not marijuana related, but because six of these guys that died, they're like, oh, we got a reason. And we can finally enforce our phony baloney laws, gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, uh, no, uh, that's that's great. But did you see this out of Iowa? I actually got a phone call from Iowa the other day, too, about somebody who's trying to get into the medical marijuana biz over there. And I'm like, Iowa, I thought that was worse than Wisconsin. But evidently, Iowa officials are trying to seek an exemption from the DEA so that I guess Iowa can enforce its own rules at its state as opposed to having the DEA enforce them because they don't want to lose federal funding for a lot of their long-term care facilities as evidently uh, medical marijuana is coming to Iowa. Have you heard about that? No, dude, I had no clue, but I, no. I, can, 
Yeah, let's reach out to Carl Olson because I remember Carl Olson as long as I've known you. So this guy's been, as they describe him, a longtime cannabis advocate in the state. And so maybe we can reach out to Carl Olson or Iowans for medical marijuana and see where they're coming. Iowa legislation 2020. Hey, what a deal. And so uh, they have the hemp bill that passed. In both uh, smokable hemp ban, of course, you know, why, why should you have too much fun? But I didn't think that Iowa has a medical cannabis program. We should really look into that, you know, no, or, or a chance. I didn't even see that coming. No. And so I still don't understand. Uh, but, you know, we'll get to the bottom of Iowa. and We'll do a show, show about it, you know. Well, you know, I, I think in most states that we've underestimated, like Alabama, Iowa, we underestimate them because they have a history of that. But, you know. When Trump became president, that's the year that legalization, there was a lot of votes for marijuana. You know, both candidates, marijuana got more votes than both candidates together. Yeah. So if we had a president of marijuana, that'd be great. But I just think in the nation in a whole, they're, they're, we're past that stigma for the most part. It yeah. still exists. It's still I don't know, man. I'm pretty sure, though, if there was a president of marijuana, half the people would still hate him. And be like, he's not the right kind of marijuana. <laughs> I'm more of a sativa person. Yeah, those indicas are going to ruin this country, man. They're worse than the commies that they come from. They don't work. <laughs> so, are, like, were you trying to, were you showing us stuff about, because uh, this is one of the bigger uh, providers of the, the conferences, the cannabis conference, is that the one that you were talking about, that virtual thing? Is that kind of the thing that you were, is it's, it's taking a place of three weeks, September 15th, 22nd, and 29th. Uh, or what type of virtual cannabis conference were you on to? I was trying to find their pricing, but it's. Um, well, for the sponsors. 200 bucks. Oh, okay. To, well, to go, not to sponsor. Oh, uh, no, no. Right. So it was 500 for the Fairchild event. Um, and that's what I was in. I was in a Fairchild event that was being um, uh, coded for by Emerge. Oh, I see. So I wonder how they're going to do theirs then. Well, in that event, I'll make it an, uh, uh, later on after we're done. I'll make a video just because it's a really a huge space. I was really impressed by the uh, the interactiveness of it and really wish I could run, though. I was telling them it was so frustrating, dude, to, to be a little sim and just like, just, just fucking run. Just, just go. Just want to go to that one. That one over there, yeah, yeah, or even like yeah. laser beams coming on my eyeballs, something it's virtual, but it's yeah, still really seriously. cool. Why can't you be a cat? It's a virtual thing. Oh, How come God. I gotta be a human? I want to be a furry, yeah, that's it's kind of what I figured you'd say. But uh, what about Mississippi? It's heading for a potentially close November vote on medical cannabis legalization, and I heard that Canada Advisors and Vincente Cedarberg are going to be doing a, uh, a fundraiser to try to try to get some money for this ballot initiative, two ballot questions in Mississippi. Uh, and so first, uh, should medical marijuana be legalized? And if so, which initiative? So there's two initiatives that are out there. And we're going to have to reach out to somebody in Mississippi to do our Mississippi show like we did for, uh, we did one in Nebraska. We did one on uh, South Dakota. You just have to do 81% though. That's, that's, remember last week I posted that? 81% of Mississippians in favor of doctors being able to recommend mar medical marijuana for serious medical condition with 52% in favor of citizen initiative. And so I'm trying to find the citizen initiatives that both of them have and see if there's any uh, types of actual you know, legislative uh, text, but I don't see any legislative text. I see the initiative, the license opportunities. 
let's see, uh, health to just start adopting final rules by July of, the, of next year and then start issuing marijuana licenses by August of next year. Let's see, dispensaries could sell no more than 2.5. Medical conditions, only 20 medical conditions would apply. Uh, treatment centers have to be 500 feet away from churches, schools, and child care centers because if you're at church, school, or a child care center, it is a reality-free zone. <laughs> I think that's the best way to put it, dude. Seriously, yeah. though. Well, and, uh, you know, this goes more, goes towards also, you know, the history of prohibition, right? right? Like, so many people are in denial. Like, how many times we get shit about, like, why does it always got to be a race issue for you when you're talking about prohibition? But, you know, there's a bunch of quotes here, man, uh, that were being used to help propagate the prohibition. Like, marijuana is the most violent causing drug in the history of mankind. Reefer makes darkies think they're as good as white men. I mean, these are no shit fucking testimonials. Uh, you know, if people want to question it, this is the man you want to go after right here. Harry Inslinger. Uh, nice little article here on how a racist hate monger masterminded America's war on drugs and timeline. But uh, I really do recommend uh, people check out Emily Dufton's The Rise and Fall and Rise of Marijuana. Uh, this is the book I was telling you about. She talks about one of the first... Uh, activist this gentleman right here let's see lowell eggemeyer uh mm -hmm. it's not showing oh wait oh we can see not, it gonna... okay cool so that gentleman he turned himself in uh uh to the police with a joint walked in and said hey i'm breaking the law after already purpose started thought he had fundamental rights as a citizen and uh, uh served a year in jail wow you know what time it is 420 Somewhere it is, it's 420 somewhere. So, uh, hey, everybody, read your clocks. What do you got go? Uh, no, it's it's um, portable vaporizer of medicine. Neat, yeah, it's not bad. Uh, it was not quite on though, but anyway, um. <laughs> other other news going on in the uh, cannabis world. Anything? Oh man, there's always something going on. Mm. Oh, like dude, have you seen? Do you remember the War on Drugs commercial, the PSA uh, with the kid? I learned it from you, Dad. Right. Yeah. Did you ever see the macaroni cheese parody of that? No. Like it lasted only a, like a week, I think, and then people caught on. Mm -hmm. All right. So just to familiarize everybody, the the old commercial, right? Like this is. No shit PSA commercial, so I think we're good on the uh, stuff, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so that has to do with macaroni and cheese? Nah, check this out, though. Check this out, just to get the refresher for everybody. Uh, we cannot hear it. I mean, and the thing is, Nigga, you have to be conscientious of the um, the, the listeners at home because like hundreds of people actually listen to our podcast, Cannabis Legalization News. And that was something that I should have actually shared in uh, self-promotional news, in self-promotional news. And I have to find it. Um, so uh, why don't you keep narrating for us? Maybe? <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, you couldn't hear it. But the, the father gets mad. And it says, uh, where did you learn this? Because he skimmed the mac and cheese from his little sister across the table. And uh, he looked, he's like, I learned it from you, Dad. And that commercial only lasted, I think, not even a week, dude. It was out there. That was People it. Noticed. 
yeah, it was it's taken down. It was taken off the interwebs everywhere. I, I had to find it from because uh, you know mac and cheese fucked up. I th- think I guess. Oh, that's too bad. I like when things screw up the internet. Speaking of screwing up the internet, uh, and according to Feedspot's top 10, I'm going to try to get you to sign up for something. Okay. According to Feedspot's top 10 cannabis law podcast, you must follow in 2020, which is just a keyword stuffed listicle if I've ever heard it. Uh, We came in first, cannabis legalization news. Uh, And so it does mention that, okay, not sure why that's on the screen at all. Okay, I see. I was getting a CSS error. And so it does mention that we have the 303.7 thousand uh, Facebook fans and a domain authority of 72. Uh, And then right below us is the uh, Cannabis Policy Now podcast, which has more Facebook fans because it's it's the Marijuana Policy Project. And then the Open Minute. So that's that's kind of nice. There we go. Uh, Don't forget when you're not able to watch us on. uh, uh, What are we on? YouTube? Facebook. When we're not on these things, we can be listened to on your podcast of choice. Spotify, all the other podcasts. Apple podcasts. We we use Buzzsprout as our server, but uh, yeah, it's it's good times over here. I'm just working heavily on on appeals. Uh-oh. Uh, which <laughs> so you know for everybody out there, I mean, we are kind of like at a loss right now because our guests had a little incident that we're going to reschedule. But uh, uh, I mean, but there's always stuff to talk about. Remember when we first started talking about legalization, uh, Delta Eight? Sure. Yeah, that's it. So like, you know, I'm really interested in the Delta Eight stuff. If you're really interested in the Delta Eight stuff, you know, give us a like and a subscribe. It'll come up, man. Uh, because uh, I've done a lot of Delta Eight stuff over the past few weeks after the IFR from the uh, DEA came out, and that one really didn't say much, but it said a lot. And so I'm not sure where a lawsuit that may or may not be filed within the next two weeks is. Uh, standing right now, uh, it looks like Delta 8 is legal if you paper it right and you derive it from hemp because the definition of hemp is so broad under the uh, the, the farm bill. It says uh, hemp is cannabis, the plant, and, and, it's, and then it says all. And all its derivatives, extracts, isomers, salts of isomers, uh, all of that. And so like uh, hemp is, is, if you take hemp and you extract it, is that hemp? Yes. Unless it goes over the 0.3, uh, no, yes, the 0.3% delta 9 THC. And the only cannabinoid that's called out, in it, specifically a cannabinoid that's called out in the statutory definition is delta 9 THC. It's not delta 8. It's not any other isomer of, the, of that THC. It's not any other cannabinoid. In fact, cannabinoids are called out and it says all cannabinoids. And so if you take hemp and you extract it, by def and it, and it stays THC compliant. What is it? Hemp. All right. And so then if you take that hemp and you derive an isomer out of it or a, a cannabinoid out of it, what is it? Hemp. And so uh, the, the DEA, though, is trying to muddle the waters between what that is and what a synthetic uh, cannabinoid is. And a synthetic cannabinoid, in my opinion, is a non-hemp der- derived you know, uh, cannabinoid. So if I took chemicals in a lab and I put them together or I acid catalyzed them, I used, um, HU210, which is, what is HU210, Miggy, on the street? It's on, what is it? What would you call it on the street? It's, it's a synthetic cannabinoid. A spice? Yeah. And so like H2210 story for spice starts in the late eighties when, uh, Dr. Meachlam, isolated it. And that's what the HU stands for. It stands for Hebrew 
University. And oh. so HU210, it must have been, I don't know, I'm not sure where the 210 comes into play. But uh, he took a couple of different chemicals and he acid catalyzed them and he got this HU210, which was also a cannabinoid. But of course, it was a synthetic cannabinoid. He didn't take the hemp plant, extract the juice from its buds and then uh, uh, create an isomer off of that. You know, that's that's an entirely different thing. Yeah. And so this whole issue of whether or not Delta 8 is legal and if the people that are selling and extracting Delta 8 are going to get shut down is a hot one right now. And so, you know, make sure that your your business records are papered appropriately so that you are trying to comply uh, with the strictures of the law. And if you need any questions about how to put that together, you can email me. There's my email address, Tom at collateralbase.com. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, I'd be thrilled to help out the hemp industry on that. The real problem though, is you take that hemp and you throw it into an extractor, any extractor, and you make crude or goo as they call it. Uh, it's hot immediately. Cause like because, when you, yeah, go ahead. I was say just because it's not some natural form right away, which is ridiculous. Right. Yeah, no, and did you see? So that's the DEA, right? Right. That that, and then did you see the USDA is expanding for comments? Yes, I saw that the time period for comments, and that was one of the things that you know I didn't do this one for the USDA, but I did one for the DEA, and I made it a very easy comment. So I did like some pure, you know, online activism in the sense that I made a video for a comment, I made a web page for the comment. And then I made the the YouTube video just like, here's the link, copy and paste it and go for it. And so, you know, make sure you get your comments in for the DEA's one. That one ends on, I want to say, October the 20th. And I like to say, if you really do care about the legalization issue, you really should make a comment. Did you notice, I think the last DEA or what's the FDA, there was Canadians making comments like having. Uh, it should. I mean, interstate, international commerce. Yeah. Well, they were like prohibition Canadians, though. Like, mm -hmm. I've seen marijuana go, get out of hand over here, which it hasn't. You know, uh, it was the weirdest statements. And I just thought it was just sad that Canadians are going to try and influence or, you know, it should only be an American to influence our policy. Right. right. Well, again, there's that. But then I guess they are speaking for the, the foreign markets aspect of it. And so that, that foreign markets aspect of it is something that they because. There's international trade. You know, the price of soybeans here dictates the price of protein in, in China. And so to the extent that they are trying to advise uh, uh, the largest federal government of uh, a Canadian's you know, business perspective, I think they should do it. And I mean, if anybody wants to make a comment, make a comment. But then, of course, you know, this is America. We're trying to be making American laws here. Yeah. And then, uh, the, the definition and then PDF. If I hit PDF, I think that'll help. Uh, because I'm trying to pull up the actual definition of hemp so we can kind of ruminate on that a little bit more. Uh, and there it is. And so I'm going to now be able to zoom in first and then share this screen just because like as you read it, like it becomes more obvious that Congress really intended a huge hemp industry. So like the term hemp means the plant, cannabis sativa and any part of the, that plant, including uh, the seeds thereof and all derivatives, extracts, cannabinoids, isomers, acid salts, salts of isomers, whether growing or not, with a delta nine tetrahydrocannabinol uh, you know, concentration of not more than 0.3% on a dry weight basis. Now, here's some interesting parts that we can just start carving it up. So it's any part of that plant. So it means the plant. 
And unfortunately, then it said, and any that part of the plant. And so the USDA, in their infinite wisdom, said, if you're going to test for THC concentrations, you must give us the flowering female tops, the most concentrated there is um, uh, of the, the area that would have any THC at all to speak of. And so that's oppressive. You know, it means the plant and any part of that plant. And so because of that, they're able to say, well, we can require it to only be these flowering tops that you test. And then it's like with extracts with a Delta nine concentration of not more than 0.3% on a dry weight basis. So that basically is just saying the only market you can really have out there is the, uh, the hemp flower market. Because as soon as you throw that into an extractor, that, that compliant hemp, where the flower might be 0.3% delta nine, not total, is totally is suddenly like you know two to three percent delta nine, and so now it's it's a marijuana ring. The 0.3% is still still retarded. Uh, I don't know if you saw on my Facebook. Uh, I don't have it up right now, but there was a a hemp uh, producer, and I think from I want to say Oregon, it just had a burn a whole acre of land uh, of hemp. He's just like it tested hot. Nothing more I can do now. And just burned it. Like well, they- that's another terrible aspect of the USDA regulations. There's no remediation aspect in the USDA regulations. It's like, oh, you're over the line. Well, let's light your entire crop on fire and arrest you and put you away for a while. You know, and it's just this springing trap where it's like, it's legal, it's lawful, what you're doing is fine. All right, we're arresting you. It's just so much risk. Congress did not intend this type of risk. And so I, my prediction is the definition of hemp is going to change. And I hope that it changes to be more along the lines of um, Dr. Ethan Russo's science so that it is going to be more of a specific genetic definition as opposed to a uh, random line in the sand from a paper in the 1970s. Yeah, no, I, that's exactly what we need here. I, I, uh, oh, hold on a second. Let me mute that audio. Check this out. This is the saddest thing you'll see, dude. Like all that. So for people just listening, there's a gentleman burning probably about, what would you say, 50 pounds, 20 pounds? Well, it's he's, he's burning. He's having a hemp fire. And I'm yeah. not sure if he's doing it for sh- uh, promotional reasons. Of course, he is also wearing a, a sidearm. Uh, <laughs> and, 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 and if you're going to do public carry, make sure you do it while you're wearing Birkenstock sandals like the gentleman is in the, in the, the picture where he is burning his hemp flowers. And it's too bad because each one of those hemp plants is worth hundreds of dollars, you know, or fifties of dollars, depending on the quality of the, um, uh, the hemp flower that's on it and the weight. Uh, yeah, but you're right. It's just so stupid that that was, it's like, okay, well, what can I do with it? Well, uh, you can put on some sandals and some shorts strap your side piece or strap your piece to your side and then light that shit on fire america all right better luck next time sir you know not just the actual product but the time he put into it you know farming's not easy right uh you know the the effort that he took for harvesting curing and then just for it all come hot what how many months later oh yep yep we're just terrible yeah, the Just, yeah. Well, you know, it's it, it's not all terrible news today. Uh, Seth Rogen tweeted, uh, Pineapple, "Pineapple Express is back on Netflix. Watch the film the way we intended on your couch while smoking weed." And I'll just go ahead and retweet that. And then, if you guys want to tweet at me, you can always find me at Tom 
Uh, no, yeah, it's at Tom Weedlaw on Twitter. So go ahead and hit me up there and be like, hey, Tom, shut up. And so uh, the next news, fewer banks work with cannabis biz due to COVID-19. According to Feds, a newsletter that comes out on September 8th of 2020. And so, uh, oh, good. Uh, and, and there you go. It's, it's uh, the Treasury Department's Financial Crime Enforcement Network. These guys are also known as FinCEN. They're quite important for uh, banking data for the amount of people that are banking cannabis. And by people, I do mean federally insured deposit institutions. Back in the day, I used to call them my clients. I don't think I currently represent any federally insured uh, financial institutions. I used to. Uh, and some of them, 695, are actively banking cannabis, and more did. But then you can see, because of COVID, uh, it went from 747 uh, banks serving cannabis businesses in November of 2019 down to uh, uh, 695, the most recent data. And every quarter, the FinCEN, that is the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network of the federal government, reports where the banks, it's like actively banking marijuana-related businesses in the United States, according to reported SARS, and SARS stands for a suspicious activity report. So this is just another federal record of uh, them uh, being complicit and allowing allowing uh, the marijuana crimes to be violated. And I wonder if that's a defense, if they ever tried to shut you down. Or if they ever try to seize your stuff or not give you a bank account, is there any type of latches or is there any, is this just complete prosecutorial discretion? So we have, we have, we have policies at the federal and the state level where they are actively turning a blind eye to something that's so dangerous. They consider it heroin. They consider it punishable by life in prison. They consider it punishable by millions of dollars in fines. And here's the, the banks that are banking it. I mean, are you really shocked that the government officials are able to turn a blind eye when at the same time, you know, the origins of a cell of the, the prohibition, like it was brought to my attention the other day, you know, the little girl, uh, Ruby, who uh, during the uh, um, school, uh, you know, merging colors, uh, forgetting my anyways, she's only 66. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, we are still in a time when prejudice and hate lives it, it, right. in, a, in a spread and in it's made you know in the seats and sieves uh uh yeah i'm not surprised that mm-hmm. the government can look the other way well and, and, and matter of fact just be complacent in the whole situation uh silver shot asks and i and i i wonder too because i think uh there we go Whoop. We're both clicking it at the same time. Ah, there we go. Uh, does it feel legalized marijuana? Because I think the Moore Act would help with this. Uh, again, this gets into the supremacy clause issue. Now, if it's just a straight up descheduling and there is no federal law, uh, that's one thing. But if it's more along the lines of the 2018 Farm Bill, where it's a straight up descheduling plus a rubric of how to actually regulate it and license it at the USDA level and uh, and provide for interstate commerce, which they kind of do with the Moore Act. And don't forget to like and subscribe on Cannabis Legalization News, because then you'll get notice of our show in about two weeks, the week of September 21st. Don't forget to tune in because we're going to be talking about the Moore Act in Congress. I actually made a political donation over the weekend like I do. And so um, uh, I said, no way, I'm not making that donation unless you tell me that you're going to vote for the Moore Act when it comes up. And he said, 
you know it, bro. And so then I wrote a check to the nice man who's re representing uh, uh, some some district. I want to say not Naperville. Um, what's what's I jo I join all sh Chicago's suburbs into one city. And I always just kind of refer to it as a Naperville. And I know that I shouldn't, but uh, it's one of those. And I'm forgetting it. I feel your pain, dude. I mean, it's a big city you live in. Uh, no, I live in Peoria, Illinois. Oh, that's it's right. a big city. But uh, the federal uh, legalization of cannabis, which creates a regulated market, and uh, the Morat kind of does that because of the taxation, that in inculcates supremacy clauses and in would allow for challenges to invalidate all those criminalizations at the state level. The state's crimes don't go away when the feds uh, legalize something. But for example, the, the marijuana crimes have been very frustrated because of the hemp issue. And so now if they also push out THC cannabis, yay, but then you're going to have to see a lot of these crimes still in place and playing out at the state and local level. Uh, but, you know, Yes, it looks like it would be something that you could use to try to invalidate those uh, those state state crimes. Could the could the hemp bill itself be amended as far as the requirement for the THC? I mean, it's it's, it's an arbitrary amount, yeah. right? Everything could be amended, and so like the farm bill's definition of hemp in 2014 was the farm bill's was different than the farm bill's definition of hemp in 2018. So the 2022 farm bill could have a different definition of hemp. Somebody else could just create a bill in Congress to say we should redefine hemp under because it's it's not the if you want to find that definition of hemp uh, again is this this is what it says under the farm bill but this isn't the farm bill that this is actually referencing you see what they did is they added this definition of hemp to the agricultural marketing act of 1946 i want to say oh. and so like this is a brand new agricultural commodity because you really had to go back to the agricultural commodities act or agricultural marketing act of 1946 i believe i could be it was in the 40s i'm not sure if it was specifically 46 and uh, that that is the newest uh, industrial or agricultural commodity we've had uh, in 70 years, which is fascinating when you think about it. But they would have to amend that. And then, you know, they could if they want to turn cannabis into a commodity, they could also add cannabis into the uh, Agricultural Commodities Act as opposed to just hemp. And so then they would have two lanes, hopefully, as, you know, um, I think it was uh, Eric Johnson said, you know, we regulate hemp according to the genetic definition is that's the way to go. And I, I tend to agree. And I think so does Dr. Ethan Russo yeah. so that you would be able to then have sensible regulation. So, you know, type one cannabis is not type three cannabis. And, and so type one cannabis would be hemp and type three cannabis or do I got that backwards? Type one cannabis might be all THC and type three cannabis would be like all uh, the 20 to one CBD THC ratio. Sure. Yeah. But like how, how many other uh, agriculture products are regulated like that? Where there is a percentage of a compound of it, right? Like, you know, it's not like, hey, apples are good until they start fermenting. Uh, opium really flowers, maybe opium poppies. Mm. Uh, poppies might be like that. So if they did like a poppy extract, that might have sufficient. And then again, morphine is not heroin, by the way. Uh, and so you know, would you would do the extract, and that would kind of you would get morphine uh, for my. I am not a biochemist uh, understanding. Uh, and then you would do some more chemistry and take that morphine and turn it into heroin. Uh, and of course, then the funny thing is, well, is Delta nine like heroin? Kind of, I guess, if the Delta nine, Delta eight THC was derived from hemp, you see. So like if the, 
if the poppy plant was there and then they try to make this derivation where they eventually get heroin, could you say that that's just an unscheduled poppy? Uh, these are the fun questions that you get at cannabis legalization news. Yeah, but heroin was created by bear. So, I mean, it wouldn't, you know, in a lab. So there has right. to be some external compounds involved to create it, right? Well, of course. Yeah, there's some isomerization and then there's some acid catalyzation going on. Uh, and so, uh, you know, what is a derivative? What is an isomer? And so like a derivative implies a chemical reaction. And so can you can you say that it's a hemp derivative? Could you say that heroin is a poppy derivative? Uh, and so I'm not sure on that. Like, again, I'm not an organic chemist, but uh, it appears that Delta eight should, especially if it arose from hemp uh, and it becomes a derivative. So like what you took was hemp. Uh, what you made it into a CBD extract was also hemp under the definition. And then you took that hemp uh, in the form of CBD extract, but legally, according to the law, it was hemp. Uh, and then you make a derivative product out of it called Delta 8 THC. That should be a hemp derivative, which would then also make it hemp and not a controlled substance. Um, but those are the kind of like legal questions that may get answered if the DEA tries to shut people down. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I do not support the law and order candidate Donald Trump, nor his Republican Party, because that's bullshit. And they're going to say they're going to try to enforce that law and order just like Dick Nixon did. And that's what got us into this mess. Actually, but, more before that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. Well, and, and, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough uh, Emily Duff's The Rise and Fall, because here I'm just going to post a link so you can everybody can watch her video. I, I was at this presentation when she spoke about her book. And uh, uh, from Lil Eggmeyer all the way to like, so Lou got arrested, uh, served a year, hired a lawyer who was uh, very savvy in data research. He's the same guy. He pulled up like the LaGuardia Commission. He pulled up uh, the Indian Hemp Drug Commission. He pulled up uh, uh, the uh, Panama Canal Zone Commission. All these that state that marijuana is not the toxic drug that everybody's been taught to do right. um and then it leads all the way to keith drop kevin sabat speaking of right did you see that mofo in the political article nope oh my god why why do the press always go to kevin sabat for like marijuana because they have this they have this opinion in the press that they need to present what they call a fair and balanced or an objective opinion so they need a counterpoint because cannabis despite having chemicals being chemistry and science is political. And so people just like scientists can disagree on what the chemistry says. They think that they can do that then with, uh, with the reporting. And so they should get the counterpoint argument and there's only that guy. And so whenever you try to find the counterpoint argument, you only find that guy. And so like that should be something that they should put as the joinder on the after Kevin Sabat reports. We reached out to all anti-marijuana camps that we could and only found him as opposed to all the pro-cannabis ones where you find people springing up all over the place. Oh, uh, man, I mean, it's, I mean, um, it's terrible, though. Like we use politics to define reality. So because of politics, it's 0.3% Delta 9, not because of science, not yeah. because of genetics, not because of what it does to you, politics. No, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's just infuriating to see this asset because they, she talks about him in her book. You know, I don't think this guy's had a real job in freaking 20 years. And most of his funding comes through the DEA 
through the anti-marijuana, uh, anti-drug. So this uh, guy writes, uh, that was right. Remember how you would get money. Remember Dr. Tashkin. And he kept getting money from the DEA to do this research for years because eventually he had a report. It's like, well, it's been years. Uh, if anything, we filed, found mild protective effects of all the use. We've been, damn it, we've been trying our best to find how dangerous this is because that's the only thing that got the funding money. And yeah. so like if he's putting out that, that if he's towing the line and putting out that message, I guess they would just keep cutting that check for the gravy train. And that's one of the reasons why law enforcement doesn't support legalization very much. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a low hanging criminal fruit. Yeah, it's their money. It's like <laughs> if, if it's your money, why are you going to get in the way of my money? Why? You know, what? If, if we'd have to arrest all these weed heads, uh, potheads out there, uh, what am I supposed to do? Test the rape kits? Those guys and, are scary. And worse is they don't even have to arrest us. They can just take all our shit, let you go. They, just have, they have to smell us. They just have yes. to smell us. <laughs> and then and then they can take all our shit, you know, because where's the uh where's the civil the asset forfeiture for the rapists, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't get why we just don't focus on the real evil shit in life. Or right. Oh, you murdered somebody? Well, that was too bad. We have to take all your shit now. I mean, maybe somebody wouldn't go like do that and it's like oh i might have to go away for 10 20 years must have behaved myself as opposed to now we're going to take all your shit all of yeah. it it's all gotten uh gains it's all of course then it's it's money laundering that's the problem like where's the money laundering in the murder you just just make it in the definition be like murder equals money laundering come on you did crap weird stuff with marijuana for crying out loud yeah. No, it's, it's definitely the imbalance, the blight in our justice system. You know, we're supposed to be better than everybody else, but we're the hassles. No, no, we're still better than everybody else. You see, there's a lot of people in the world that just believe that we're better because we're us. It's called personal bias in, in uh, psychology. But that the thing is, most people have never heard of personal bias in psychology. And because of that, they can just sit there and go, God damn it, this America is so fucking sweet. You know, you know, I just don't even know how good America is. We're just, did you know, you can't spell one without America. <laughs> I mean, that's true. I, I, you know, we are better than, I, I said you that story about that a woman was uh, detained for three days in India. Oh my weed. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I mean, uh, it, but of course we had those guys on from uh, the farm in New York where they were in, uh, you know, central booking for three days. Yeah. We had brothers on. Yeah. It's just as long as the law is on the books, they're able to take your personal liberty away for one day, one hour. It's just not, it's too much already. Yeah, I know it is. It's just way too much. And then uh, I saw one in Russia too on Reddit where uh, this guy is a, uh, an engineer. He's a craftsman. He's, he, he made this tiny little pipe and uh, everybody loved it. And then he told a story about how, uh, it's illegal in Russia where when Russia invaded his town, uh, you know, imagine he, you know, cause Russia's still doing the whole manifest destiny thing. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's needed. Uh, but they talked, he talked about how a friend of his was, uh, interrogated for a bong for a bong for a bong. Yeah. When they came through his town and found a bong in this guy's house or whatever. That's ridiculous. So I guess we are better than a lot of people, but, uh, yeah. And also not. 
You guys were talking about law enforcement earlier. I was curious because one of the applicants in Illinois is getting a lot of flack because he's an ex-cop. Do you think law enforcement deserves a spot in the cannabis industry? What do you guys think? I think that cops should be able to be uh, uh, applicants. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, like that's a good thing, in my opinion, especially because then it's like, okay, good. Now we can start arresting somebody. Well, because like, you talk to any police officer and they say, I never want to face the guy who's uh, drunk or high on PCP relative to the dude who's on weed, who you just probably aren't going to be arresting because he's at home sitting on the couch watching Pineapple Express. I'd like to point out, though, you know, some depends on the cop, too. Like Michigan and Washington, Michigan, LARP, the head cop there, was a, a serious prosecutor. He was arresting people the year prior before he took over LARP. So not that guy. But and then uh, here in Washington, same thing. An ex-cop who was harassing a bunch of uh, in Thurston County area. You know, I, I don't support that guy. But and I saw that gentleman. I don't know his history. I mean, you know, I've been let go by cops. Not all cops are bad, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, you know, but I, it, you're not supposed to use weed as uh, something that's going to ensnare yourself. You know, they should be like, uh, it, they should look at it like you're smoking a cigarette. You know, nobody ever had the story. So I was smoking a cigarette, and that, of course, gave the cops probable cause to search my car. And so, like, no. And, and uh, once we get that type of thing uh, through everybody's skull, I think we'll be in a lot better place. But I just, I just don't know, man. Well, it's like you got the Pop Brothers, you know, the, the you know, the, the shut the fuck up, right? Big thing, yeah. right? But I, my activism has always been like, look, this can be a better place for all of us if I could just be honest, be like, look, I'm not an evil doer. Uh, two times I got pulled over. The first time, uh, my brother and I were hot boxing. It was his birthday. I uh, turned on a red light when I shouldn't, not a red light, but a green light. I turned when I shouldn't have. Cop pulls us yeah. over, roll down the windows, clouds come out the freaking car. Explain that one. That's a responsible uh, use. That's what yeah. that is. Yeah. I, and we're all shoving things that we had with us in places that we shouldn't. And then the cop comes up to the thing. We're honest. We're like, look, officer, it's my brother's birthday. We got excited. He's like, give me what you got. And so we're all digging our stuff out. We hand it to him. He takes my pipe, dumps it out, gives him back my pipe, and tells us, don't smoke and drive and go home. Yes, sir. The second time I got pulled over for uh, a brake light, I told the cop, yeah, I have an eighth on me. Next thing I know, I was in the back of his car and four other cars rolled up on me and my freaking car was getting tore apart. I was like, and I was freaking out. I'm like, you didn't catch El Chapo. You didn't. I was honest with you. And then he threatened me and said, you keep fucking talking. I'm going to take you downtown. I'm like. So, so that's one of those questions where it's like, all right. So yes, uh, if a cop arrested 2000 people for marijuana charges, should they be allowed to now sell cannabis and marijuana? And that's one of those things where, you know, I don't like people that are profiting on it on the one end. Just be like, hey, I can make some coin on this other end. And they they do it to the exclusion of uh, you know what the plant was about. So, no, I, I wouldn't want that guy to be able to get the license. But then um, with the way the licenses are scored and awarded in Illinois was par for the course for that. Man, that's why I have that Salvador Dali painting up there. You know, it's just sometimes whatever it looks like. And you're like, that doesn't make any effing sense. And so it, it really is endemic of everywhere. And there's some questions that we can ask that we just don't have good answers to. Word. Well, yeah. if you have ever been bit in the butt by law enforcement, you're going to want to tune in for to Sunday's episode. We're going to have Cannabis Equity Illinois on to talk about how you can get your record expunged. So definitely tune in for that. Uh, otherwise, thanks for tuning in, guys. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all cannabis legalization news. 
we'll see you on Sunday. 